Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Happy Friday, everybody. We have with us on the phone today um, one of our favorites, Jay Bear, good friend of the show and good friend of the team, uh, fellow Hoosier as well. Uh, I guess I guess you're not recently transplanted anymore. Now you're you're officially got roots here now, right? I think once you cross the two year mark, you are officially a Hoosier. So I am past that mark, and so I guess I am in fact official. I also noticed for the first time on your show intro that it says marketers. Social media experts and social media experts. So I guess search search experts and social media experts don't actually count as marketers, according to the introduction to your show. <laughs> hey, I'm just too cheap to get the intro redone. Okay, <laughs> don't blame me. Back off. <laughs> no, that's Paul Fouti. He'll do it. I, I like that we say actual. Actual. Yes. Yes. We don't bring in fake ones. We bring in actual ones. Um, well, I'm. Good thing, good thing I good thing I made it on the show. I appreciate that. Of course you did. Well, hey, uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today. Uh, you know, it's the marketing tech show, obviously. Um, one of the things that we wanted to discuss was you're out there in the field with a lot of major corporations, a lot of agencies, and and some of the tools that you're seeing on the market and the ones that you're utilizing every day. Um, I think would be a great discussion today. Um, we obviously have our favorites, and, and uh, you know we 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 work day in and day out on some of these things. But I don't think you know social business probably is a is a one aspect, one channel that we work in, not necessarily the total focus of our our clients. Um, and whereas I think that you really go in there pure that you know you're going to get a social business strategy up running and uh, and and working for a business. So the tools that they that they play on can really be the, you know, the life or death of their strategy, can't they? Well, I think they can be, but but I think we are all guilty. Well, maybe not all, but certainly companies are guilty of confusing the power of the wizard and the power of the wand. There is this sort of belief that software will solve your problems, that software somehow negates the need for strategy or even for personnel. Uh, and, and I think you saw that to some degree with the multiples being paid for the social media management software companies in the last round of M&A in the space where Vitru and Buddy and Involver and Wildfire went for crazy money. Um, and, and God bless those guys. And that's fantastic for them. But, uh, you know, having a software package doesn't mean you've got it figured out. It just means you have the ability to figure it out. And so that part concerns me a little bit, uh, and, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of the same symptoms, uh, the same sort of frothiness in the content marketing side of the business. I just got back from Content Marketing World last week in Columbus, great conference. It's uh, industry coming together and, and moving forward very quickly. The field of content marketing business is where the social media side was two or three years ago, where there's this huge explosion of startup software companies trying to be the content marketing 
uh, hub solution. So they're going to manage your authors and syndicate your content and add social layers, things like that. Compendium, which of course is a company that, that we all know pretty well from Indianapolis, was very early to that game, but there's just, there's uh, probably 10 or 12 other companies in that space now, DiviFU and Scopos and several others, um, Skyward, that are doing pretty interesting things. And so I think that's going to be uh, an area to, to really watch. And, and yeah, and I should probably take a step back in this. I still see a problem with people questioning the investment in these tools. That you know, and the amazing thing to me is that there's sometimes a five dollar a month tool that's just as feature rich as a two thousand dollar a month tool out there. Um, and then there's there's other ones that you know it's well worth spending the the money um, rather than just you know trying to get PBs all the time. Um, can you talk about the investment aspect of, of some of these, you know, and what the gains are for companies that really invest in a good platform? Yeah, there's no question. And I think it's a sign of an immature industry when when companies aren't sure what is the appropriate price for a particular feature set. Uh, it reminds me of the software version of the early and mid days of web design, where, where you would say, okay, we'll, we'll build you a website, uh, and that would be $25,000. And then the person says, well, my cousin's brother's buddy goes to church with this kid who will do that site for fifteen hundred, right? And, you know, and thinking, well, I don't know the difference between fifteen hundred twenty five thousand, and that's sort of where we're at with some of the software. People say, well, maybe free is good enough, and, and conversely, you sort of have some of that nobody ever got fired for Ira and IBM mentality as well, where it's like, well, it's two grand a month, or ten grand a month, or in some cases, two hundred grand a month. Uh, it must be great. So typically, where I see the differentiation between your low cost tools. Uh, and your expensive tools is is in um, scalability, uh, reliability, and then a lot of times it's workflow and approvals. It's we have a lot of different uh, permissions and roles within the software itself. And so for enterprise organizations or global organizations, where somebody at corporate office has to manage or oversee uh, content or a post or a response from somebody in Venezuela. You know, they want to have those checks and balances and that kind of pricing. Yeah, this is uh, this is Mohammed Yassin. I'm actually here as well. Um, I think you're, what you're speaking about is actually one of the reasons that we at HTC decided to spend a little bit more money on our social software. I mean, we originally were using uh, CodeSuite back in the day and then Hootsuite and moved up to a pro account. We very quickly realized it just wasn't going to meet our needs for a couple of reasons. One, workflow was a huge one. We do have multiple people need to be approving it. They're all sitting in multiple states. We needed to be able to easily shift those pieces of content back and forth to my people at the right time to get approvals um, without having to worry about email and spreadsheets and all that sort of thing, which was fine when we had a tweet or two to worry about. But I think it was around maybe tweet or the content 10 or 11,000 that they were like, forget this, you've got to figure something out here. Um, and I think another you know, thing from my point about figuring out the value of it is I feel like a lot of companies may not really fully understand the value of having the content in the first place, which makes it hard to decide how much money you're going to spend to create that content. And, and the tool you guys use, you should talk about it. So we're using a tool out of Austin. It's called SpreadFast. Um, and, yeah. you know, one of the reasons... Yeah. 
they did a really great job. They have had a lot of really great improvements over the past months as well. And the reason I used uh, with them over even, you know, folks like Radian 6 was they had a great kind of feature set in there for monitoring, had a great thing for editorial calendars and managing your editorial calendar, which is important to us because we do create it, you know, months or quarters in advance. Uh, and then the workflow piece was huge. I mean, we can say we need a post for Christmas and put that request in the system right now, have it assigned to someone to create it, and then as soon as that person gets done creating it, it, it literally walks itself through all the approval steps that it's needed um, and goes ahead and settles it and it's got those done. So we don't have to worry about touching something two or three times. We Each person that needs to touch it, touches it once and then go about their business. And you, and you, for us. And you have a, a problem that's not unique among companies, and that's regulatory Compliance. Uh, HCCMIS is in a travel insurance industry, so so they do have to have legal to look at things. They do have to have everything managed, everything recorded, yeah. everything you know, a full you know, and I think a lot of people, audit trail. Full audit trail. Right. I think a lot of people don't think about those things, you know, in other industries, but uh, it's becoming but it's more though because even if you don't need the audit trail, that data is really valuable down the road. Being able to go back and look at what you did, make sure the system's recording so you don't have to manually do it, and say, okay, this worked well, this didn't work well, right. and have the system data just sitting there waiting for you um, versus having to recreate something to either prove or disprove a theory down the road. You know, we've got that all right now. They actually just put out a really great report um, on, like, social business. They, they went through all their clients that are, like, Fortune 500 companies and started talking about how much content were they putting out, how much engagement were they getting, what levels were, did they need to actually have in order to get the right engagement and ROI and everything? It was it was really good stuff. And they've got you know some big folks. They've got Wells Fargo and they're doing some stuff for even like CNN and things like that. So they've they've been doing very well for themselves the past year here. So yes, well, and and within your grab bag, you know, when you're talking about clients, uh, you had mentioned prior to the call that you were putting out an infographic here pretty soon because this is a common question that people are constantly asking you is, you know, what what is the tools what are the tools that I should be going with? You know, what are the collections of things that I gotta make sure um I'm covering? Can you talk about maybe first about you know, the the features or the benefits of of the tools that, that you go after? Um, you know, obviously Muhammad mentioned you know social monitoring and reporting. What other types of aspects should should be on people's radars? Well, it certainly depends on, on what kind of company it is and how they want to use social. But in our case, uh, we use uh, Arbogal Social and recommend them for for listening and uh, and engagement. Similar to Spreadfast, in fact, they're they're pretty good competitors. Know each other well. Um, Arbogal comes out of the email side of the, the world. Their founders are, are ex-email guys, and so they think about data and results in the way that I think about data and results because I've done a lot of email in the past. Uh, we use those guys. Uh, I'm a big proponent of angel investor and buffer uh, to be able to create uh, status updates and other pieces of social content advance and optimize uh, your time windows like those guys uh, a lot. On the, One of the things we do a fair amount with is uh, influencer identification because many of our clients are agencies uh, in addition to corporations and they're, they're often looking to say find us people who are influential about X or who are in this particular seat might be interested in this topic, etc. So you could, of course, use something like Clutch to kind of maybe sort of get at that. But 
we um, we use a couple of other tools. We use um, software from GroupHive.com, what I believe to be the, the best um, database of, of bloggers available, and you can put in any keyword in geography, and it will uh, rank order your blog by uh, any number of different um, criteria. Uh, how many times that they've written blog posts in the keywords, their uh, moth rank, their show graphs, a bunch of other things. It's pretty fantastic that has a built-in contact mechanism into the software so that you can then uh, say, hey, I sent this guy an email about covering our event or coming to our conference or what have you. So it's all built in there. I like those guys a lot. We're also using quite a bit another company that I'm investing in called Plexus Engine. Uh, which is funded primarily by Mark Cuban and is uh, run by Marshall Kirkpatrick, who was the lead writer and editor for Read Write Web for a long time before he left us this company. And it's essentially a real-time index of people on Twitter by topic. So if you want to know who is the, the, the best authority on iPhone, click, here you go. One button, a Twitter list out of those people, another button, dedicated search engine, another button, FBML file of other blogs, uh, really, really super useful for, for drilling down and finding uh, topical influencers on Twitter in like five seconds. What's so that like those called ones. again? It's called Plexus Engine, P-L-E-X-U-S Engine. Uh, still in closed beta, but it's going to open up here soon, in the next couple of weeks, I think. Nice. Well, let's... Let's take a short break. When we get back, I want to dive in deeper. Um, you mentioned Argyle, which uh, we love as well, uh, and we can talk about some of the unique features there. Um, we'll be right back with Jay Bear, and this is a message from our sponsor, Delivera. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. Each and every week, you get bombarded with hundreds of emails, dozens of meetings, countless requests, updates, and reminders, and a deluge of out-of-control deadlines and tasks. More information and distraction means less communication, which affects your productivity, efficiency, and your sanity. At MindJet, we offer the tools to help you get the job done. MindJet takes that information overload and organizes it visually in terms people can understand and shares it with those who actually need it. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. There we go, MindJet as well. Uh, we're on with Jay Bear. Jay, did you make it through the commercials? I have survived the commercials. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, hey, we got to monetize this, right? got to do it. In fact, Argyle is the lead sponsor of my podcast, so totally I understand where you're coming from. Fantastic. And speaking of Argyle, one of the things that they do that's 
very unique in, in my book is they were really one of the first to apply conversion tracking all the way down to a, a finite degree within applications. And so for customers that are really taking social, I think, to a direct um, to a direct sell or, or really pushing a lead that they they understand the value of that lead, the reporting is, is really amazing as far as, you know, uh, you can put a link out on LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and they can track each independently to buy platform what the results were and what the return on investment was on each of those. Is that is that a is that a was that a good plug? Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, yeah. In fact, because they they hook to Google Analytics and have their own URL shortener and the ability to paint clear pixels and, and all that kind of jazz. When I'm looking at um, convert events for the convince and convert blog. I actually look at those conversion events in my Argal dashboard, not in Google Analytics. So if I set up my goal funnel in Google Analytics, but then I actually look at it in Argal because the data visualization is so much better, what Argal will show me is not only conversion conversion value that stemmed from social or a particular tweet or a particular Facebook status update, but also conversions that weren't from social or assisted com- conversions that were from social as well as um, SEO or direct URL entry. So... Uh, I actually use Argyle as sort of the, the data layer on top of Google Analytics, in addition, of course, using for for uh, you know sending out tweets and things of the nature. Nice. And do they have? I'm just curious. Do they have the Appified yet? Are they uh, you know mobile and all that good stuff? Uh, they have. Um, it's a very responsive design, so you can use it uh, on mobile quite quite easily. But it, it's not. A, I do not believe there's a mobile app per se. Okay, that's all. Um, and then you talked about GroupI, which is really intriguing to us. And it seems like there's an old school um, that's encroaching on this, and then there's a new school that's reinventing it. You know, we have like Vogue, Incision, and, and people that came from traditional media and basically built these, uh, you know, data warehouses of mm-hmm. contact in them. And then the new the new blood, of course, is the clouds and GroupI, uh, and now it sounds like Plexus Engine is is out there too. Can you talk a little bit? Is there a, is there a big difference between the two? Um, I think there is a, a little bit of a difference just in perspective, in in, in kind of how data is sorted and 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 visualized, and then what you do with data and open APIs and things of that nature. Um, to me, the group high and the pluses and things of that nature are are a little more nimble and a little bit faster to iterate and evolve than than a, a Vocus or a Cision. And, and I know those guys well. I like their software. They do a, a great job. And and for companies or agencies that really need both online influencer outreach as well as traditional offline, let me find who the reporter is at this newspaper or magazine, etc. Certainly it makes sense in some cases to have that all-in-one solution that they provide. Uh, in my world, of course, we're more concerned with online only and, and therefore using these newer online-focused tools uh, seems to make a little more sense. Awesome. Hey, Jay, this is Marty. Um, you, you know, we, we chatted briefly about uh, about the whole content space and how it's uh, still in its infancy. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, what's it going to look like in the near future? Are we going to see, you know, great extinction events uh, as as the whole content movement becomes uh, commoditized? Or, you know, what what do you see on the horizon that's going to really 
you know, make this thing different and take off? I don't know if there will be extinction events, but I think there there will certainly be uh, some some merger and acquisition activity which, which may yield extinctions. I, what I don't understand yet, and maybe I'll write about this, um, I'm not sure that, that content marketing and content marketing software can be a standalone play, ultimately, because even though, in my estimation, content is fire and social media is gasoline, I, I think most enterprise companies and even mid-sized companies think of content um, as, as part of something else. Um, and I also feel like because content marketing and content marketing software lags some of the other types of digital marketing um, software, that, that it's going to be easier for them to get bought the other way around. So I actually feel like ultimately what's going to happen, I think this is true, I'm, I'm I'm thinking this through in real time. Um, I think what's going to happen is that either the leading content marketing software companies will be bought by SEO companies, SEO software companies. So I can see an iCrossing or an SEMozic guy like that snapping up a bunch of these content companies. Or I can see it in the other way and the content marketing software leaders being snapped up by Vitribody Involver, which actually now is, you know, Salesforce and Adobe um, and and those guys. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I, yeah, I would I would tend to think the the second scenario um, makes sense to me. Um, you know, if if prior acquisition or any indicator, um, obviously, if you look at the uh, the Oracle, the Salesforce, the IBMs, the SAP, the world, and they're just you know, we know what they're attempting to build, um, and they're getting there, but but they haven't quite built it. And they've got the capital to get it done, though. If they want to buy someone, they can do it much quicker. I mean, they certainly, they certainly have the, the end-to-end social solution, most cases. They don't have an end-to-end content solution in some cases. Right. But what, what sucks about that is, like, it's cool that all these companies are building huge mother-of-all digital platforms. Well, what happens to the to the mid-sized guy? There's always going to be free, nearly free, you know, adequate tools for the small business, right? There's always going to be the five, ten, fifteen, fifty, a hundred dollar a month stuff, and now there's always going to be big money stuff. But there's like this huge software going at all, where nobody is serving the market anymore. I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, and that's, you know, I had mentioned earlier that it it seems like even even within the price points, you know, we're 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 at that price point where we'd love to spend a few hundred dollars a month, but everybody's either way below that or way above that, you know, and there's really yeah. nobody playing in the middle there to the to that to that crowd. I, I totally agree with you there. And one of the reasons that is it's a tough sale. Like I've talked to the guys at Argyle about this because they kind of are a mid market solution and one of the challenges is that nobody sets out to to say what I want is a mid market solution. Either they they want the Cadillac solution and then realize that A they can't afford it or B they buy it and then realize, you know what, we're only using a third of this functionality. We have overbought and they say, Let's step down to a more reasonable price mid market solution. Or somebody starts off saying, you know what, let's put our toe in the water and they buy Hootsuite or something like that. They're like, you know what, we actually need more and now we've got to up you know, up chain to the mid market. 
nobody ever, nobody ever shops mid-market first because they either, just from a psychology standpoint, either feel like you're bigger than you are or you're not willing to spend as much money as you should uh, in almost every case. And so usually if you buy mid-market, it's, it's the second time you've bought in the category is buy mid-market. And so it's just a harder sales cycle. I'm actually bigger than I feel. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like we're 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 watching a microcosm of the whole notion of social business. You, you know, if you ask ten people, you'll get ten different definitions. But you know, if Salesforce ends up building this this grand machine, um, does that mean that you can buy social business off the shelf? I, I tend not to think that's the case. I, what do you think? Well, I think you can buy you can buy all the technology. Do that gigas you need, but that doesn't do jack shit for your corporate culture, which is where social business really belongs. And you had talked, uh, we had seen you speak recently at Blogging Anna, which was an outstanding presentation, by the way. And, um, and one of the things that you had framed up, if you will, was um, you know you had talked about the kind of the I think it was three phases: frame of mind and and what that's you know what that's evolved into. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I feel like there's been three kind of categories of marketing historically. You've got top of mind awareness, which has been around forever, which of course the premise that you have a sustained advertising type program that when consumers need to buy something, they remember you because you've been whispering in their ear via television or print or outdoor email or whatever. Uh, and then that has sort of now been, I wouldn't say supplanted, but joined by frame of mind awareness, which is where we sort of get the whole inbound marketing phenomenon, uh, be found in search, and when somebody is ready to buy, they will go looking for a solution, and you need to sort of step in front of that question train. Um, and, and so there's lots of, of course, books and software and consultants and you know, thinking around, uh, around inbound marketing and a frame of mind awareness. But I believe that there's a, a third way, which I call friend of mind awareness, um, which says that for companies to actually win now, when we're in this era, uh, we're just absolutely an invitation avalanche, right? Every company of every size and description is like, you know, watch our video, read our blog, follow us on Twitter. You know, just it's just crazy. It's so much. Every every company now is publishing six, eight, ten different channels of information, um, and consumers now have to sort through that, literally line by line and pixel by pixel, uh, right alongside their friends. So if you look at your Facebook stream, it's your mom and a company and your best friend and a company and another friend and another company. So literally companies are side by side with people. And the only way that companies can win in that environment, the only way, is either to be massively entertained, i.e. Oreo, Old Spice, something like that, which is really out of character for a lot of companies. I mean, you, you will see consultants say, well, just be funny, just be entertaining. You know what? If it was that easy, everybody would do it. It's totally out of character for a lot of companies, and it's not easy to be funny on command. And so I think the only other way to do it is to be inherently useful. So the title of my new book is called Utility, Y-O-Utility, Why Smart Companies Focus on Helping, Not Selling. And so this idea that, that if your marketing is so useful that people would pay for it, that that's really where you need to go, that there's no replacement for usefulness and relevancy. And if companies can be that useful and that relevant, then customers and prospective customers will keep them close. They will actually do your marketing 
for you. So that would have been working on uh, a lot in, in consulting along that, utility audits and things along those lines, uh, and, uh, and book and stuff like that. Well, and, and there's some, you know, there's definitely some irony in there. Uh, I don't know if irony is the right word, but with companies that started as software as a service and really thought, you know, we're going to put this platform out here and make money in our sleep, what they quickly found out was unless they became a useful expert and of value to the people um, and helping their customers actually succeed with the software, they failed miserably. And so right. that's where I think, you know, you do a lot of work with Exact Target. Their account management teams are, you know, bar none, I think, are, are some of the best client advocates, you know, in the industry that, that they look out for their clients, you know, and, and take the fight to development and, you know, and show their clients how to succeed utilizing the software. And and software as a service is now, you know, churned, I think, in almost a different nomenclature. You know, it's it's a service along with software. <laughs> right, right. Because if you're right. not showing people how to be successful with the tools, the tools aren't of any value at all. Jay, yeah, absolutely. Jay, you're spot on when it comes to the, the whole notion of being helpful because, you know, when I take a step back and look at the state of of much of what marketing is right now, it's beginning to remind me of the gong show. Um, I, I think companies make a huge mistake in in assuming that simply being entertaining is the same thing as being engaging, and mm-hmm. and I think they're losing the they're losing the battle or losing the war, even though they might be winning a few battles, right. Well, and, and even if you can be entertaining or engaging, it's a pretty tall task to say do that every day. Absolutely, we had you, know, you uh, can do it. You can do it every once in a while, but you got to be able to do it every day. And you can be you can be useful every day, right? That you that's totally doable. Being entertaining or engaging every day is is doable, but I think it's a lot taller order. We had uh, Allison Eldridge Sauer on on the show uh, some time ago, and she. Made this stellar comment that that you know along the lines of, of social business that you know it's the only opportunity that we have now um, to actually interact with customers that will still be there long after the marketing team is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coca Cola, you know they they churn marketing teams you know, every ten years. It's a brand new it's a brand new cadre of people. Um, you know what does that look like for for a company when? Um, Literally, their marketing is changing uh, just by attrition. And m- meanwhile, you have all of these customers that have been loyal buying the product for 30 or 40 years. I think there's I think there's a move and a change, too, with newer companies and just the culture of how companies treat employees there, too. Mm-hmm. And that's that companies are starting to figure out that if you hire that talent, put them out there where they are, providing value and entertaining and everything else, you may very well lose them because they're so talented. But you're gonna bring in more talent and you're gonna and you're gonna bring in that pipeline. And I love the fact that, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people and Jay you're you're one of them, uh, you know, Jason Falls obviously is 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 a favorite as well. You guys speak highly of the companies that you've worked with in the past and and still have a good relationship with those companies and and that that I think is part of this you know, social move is is that it's it's not about having this you know indentured 
servitude anymore and and companies that are scared to put people out there in front of customers and get a name for themselves are are succeeding right now the ones that are saying well no I don't you know we want to you know we want to put a fake name out there and do everything under this you know yeah pseudonym um, I don't think they're doing their themselves a service all and and when their employees leave they don't care about bad mouthing them or you know or, or talking about them whereas um, companies that that basically grow this love and grow this you know social awareness it sustains long after the employees leave well I mean business is a spectator sport now and this idea that somehow we're going to try and pull a fast one right whether it's uh, a fake account or just denying stuff or sweeping things under the rug or whatever the circumstance is it just it just rarely works anymore um you know just information moves too fast and and there's too many um there's too many eyes out there to to be able to think that you can get away with stuff i mean every customer is a reporter uh, at this point everybody's got a mobile tv studio in their pants uh, it, it makes it pretty difficult to 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 be um, transparent is the wrong word. I don't I don't like that word because it's not possible. No one's going to say, "Here's our financials. Here's you know all of the um, discipline reports and our employees. We're going to upload it to our blog." Um, uh, Beth Hart um, once said uh, that she prefers the term translucent, uh, and I like that as well. Right? That you can you know the companies are are showing a lot more of themselves and should than they ever have in the past. It's not everything because that's not possible, or in some cases illegal. Um, but but at least uh, you have to recognize that um, it's it's just a different world now. Well, I love I, I talked uh, and and you've probably talked to them a bunch too. I, I saw some of the folks from uh, Southwest speak at an event once, and it was pretty interesting because their PR team is also their social media team, right. and their PR team is actually in front of their legal, not behind it. Really, right? And 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 their point is that. As a PR professional, as a public relations professional, if I embarrass you or do something illegal, you should fire me. Right. Um, otherwise, let me do my job. And and many times they found themselves running ahead of the lawyers, <laughs> you know, to get to just go out there and acknowledge that there's a problem that they're looking into. Hmm. And just through doing that, they would totally diffuse the situation. And I, I think it talks to that reality is marketers tend to, I think, overthink sometimes, oh, my God, something bad happened on social media. The world is crumbling. You know, what do we do? What's our plan of attack? You right. know, and, and some really smart, you know, person sitting at the table goes, uh, why don't we have apologize right. <laughs> and, offer right. to fix, and offer to fix it? And everybody goes, no, no, you can't do that, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, someone apologizes and decides to fix it, and then a hundred more people online go, well, that's really cool. They took care of you. Um, yeah, I've actually written about that a lot um, and and actually have some some uh, sections in the Now Revolution about that, that, you know, so one tweet that says you suck is not a social media crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you have to understand, like, you know, negativity is in a crisis, right? And and people people hate your company every day. 
um, in you know in most big companies. You have so many ways to disappoint somebody. You're probably going to disappoint at least one person a day. That's not any different than it's ever been, right? It's just now that you see that disappointment uh, on Twitter and Facebook, and and you can't lose your mind just because somebody says something negative. That's that's not a crisis. It's just uh, an opportunity to to change that person's thinking. That's great advice. Um, let's take another short break. This is uh, right on our friends at Right On Interactive. And when we get back, Jay, let's talk about where you're going to be next and where people can find you. All right. Marketing tech blog listeners meet Right On Interactive. Right On Interactive is a marketing automation company that helps organizations win, keep, and grow business. They do this through a life cycle marketing solution that builds engagement throughout the life cycle of every prospect and customer. Recognized as a top-ranking marketing automation solution with a hands-on implementation strategy, RightOn Interactive provides an engagement blueprint for sales and marketing teams so they see where to invest their resources to drive revenue. Engagement drives relationships, and relationships drive revenue. This is why nurturing relationships is key. Lifecycle marketing from Right On Interactive. It's the next evolution of marketing automation. To learn more, visit rightoninteractive.com. Email info at rightoninteractive.com. Outside the box, pushing the envelope. Back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far, and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming. MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand, and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. Okay, we're, we're not being good hosts here. We're, we're, we're critiquing our, uh, our uh, ads as we're going through the show, Jay. And uh, our, <laughs> our advertisers would probably not be happy with me. Um, See what you made us do, Jay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't mean to upset the apple cart, boys. <laughs> Time to break out the tequila. So I, I got an email the other day, and I actually shared it on Twitter, and and the email started out, and it was like, you know, Doug, my name is such and such, and I'm from a company, and we're an AV slash DO uh, provider of AB centric, you know, BBS solutions, <laughs> and I had no idea what any of those acronyms meant. Like I, I immediately deleted it, you know, and and not that I you know, read all my spam, but um, I do actually respond to to some, you know, people that cold call through email, but um, sometimes that stuff just frustrates me. I'm sorry. I just had Yeah, to- no, it, it's, it's, it's really common, actually, in the software business in particular. I, I ran a post um, a few months ago and actually had a little quiz embedded in my blog and asked people to see if they could match up the social media software company with the tagline. Uh, and I think I had something like 20 or 25 companies in the quiz, uh, and the best score uh, was six. Wow. That is fantastic. So, so you 
think about like lack of differentiation, right, in the space and, and inability to kind of create blue ocean around your positioning and, and get to the point where everybody just, in your wait, target wait, audience knows stop, that. stop right there. Did you just say lack of differentiation and blue ocean as you were speaking marketing speak? I know, isn't it? Isn't the, isn't the irony of that delicious? <laughs> I think we could all learn from Ni- from those Nigerian uh, solicitation emails. Yeah. They tend to really be like to the point. That's right. That's right. Okay, I, I know so, you can't stay with us forever. We want to promote you, obviously. When is the uh, when is the book coming out? Uh, I don't know. Forever, you know how it goes. They got to like grow trees from a sapling, and then they got to harvest them and make paper, and you know it's like an incredibly long process. That that is one industry that has not uh, changed since the Gutenberg days, evidently. Uh, in terms of the time it takes to actually get a book out. But uh, probably April-ish, I think, will be uh, out on the streets. But meanwhile, out, given that, uh, given the utility presentation, uh, and we'll be talking about it more on the blog as well. Other thing I'm super excited about that I should mention um, is our new social habit research, socialhabits.com, landmark, unbelievably comprehensive uh, data on all things social media, how Americans are using all the tools, etc. In fact, literally not... 40 minutes ago, I got the initial data. It's a partnership between myself, uh, Jason Falls, mentioned a moment ago, Mark Schaefer, uh, and Todd Webster and the guys at Edison Research. So uh, that is available for pre-order right now. It's 297 for the entire research program, and you can pay a little bit more and get the actual uh, data tabs yourself. If you want to run cross-tabs, there's going to be webinars and white papers and all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. And, of course, uh, everybody needs to know your you know, your website, where to find you, convinceandconvert.com. Uh, and then we've got a weekly podcast, socialpros.com. And is your what, what is that a live podcast? or? No, we record it Mondays uh, on Skype, and then uh, it launches on iTunes every Friday. Um, this week we talked to the guys at Jan Rain about social sign-in. Oh, nice. Uh, and a week from now we're having um, uh, Richard Benhammer from Dell Talking about uh, decentralization of social media. Oh, awesome! And and uh, are you guys on Stitcher? Is the podcast? Yep. On? Also on Stitcher. You bet. All right. I'll. Uh, I'll yep. talk, and one of the things we do that you guys might be interested in is we use SpeechPad.com to transcribe all the shows. So we actually take the full audio from the from each episode, uh, upload the MP3 file to SpeechPad, and then we run the complete transcript on the blog as a blog post. So instead oh, of having wow. show notes, we actually have a full transcript. Nice. Thanks for that. We we need to do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then uh, uh, upcoming conferences that you're speaking at? Uh, this weekend, uh, or Monday, Tuesday, whatever, Food Service Social Media Conference in Chicago with uh, Jason Falls will be there as well. I can't get enough of that guy. Um, and then I've got uh, International Regional and Magazine Association in uh, Scottsdale, uh, in Vegas around there, and then the Exact Target Connections Conference, middle of October up there in Indy. Hopefully we'll also get there or some, somewhere around there. Yeah, Connections is an amazing event. They, they, I, 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 dare I say, I think it's half the great things about Thurgood. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it's, gotten, it's gotten to be pretty amazing. It's it's patterned after Dreamforce, of course, Salesforce's event, which is next week as well. Uh, but, you know, the the level of guest, um, you know, sort of the keynote speakers and musical guests continues to, to get pretty amazing. One of these days is going to be like, you know, keynote speech by Jesus, music by the Beatles or something like that. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, it it really is incredible. They have a great events team that uh, pulls, they just, they just 
they just nail it every single time. Yeah. Even if you're not a customer of Exact Target, um, it's an incredible conference to attend. Yeah, and it's gotten a lot more social media oriented too over a uh, few years. So uh, that's that's nice. Well, in fact, I'm going to bring some customers out this year who aren't ET customers just because it's a good conference. Yep. Well, Jay, I can't thank you enough for spending Friday with us. Absolutely. My pleasure, gentlemen. As always, wish you nothing but best. And anything I can do for you, please let me know. Well, we're going to uh, keep the Mezcal up here. We're we're not going to send it to you. You have to come here if you want to drink it. Let's do that. Let's do that. I'll have to be another Friday so I can spend the weekend um, pass out on your floor. <laughs> you got it. We got a futon right in the office. You're good to go. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.